You're listening to Clean Podcast 2. Yesterday, we looked at the theme of purity in the Psalms. We'll spend some time today in the Proverbs, and then tomorrow we'll look at this grand theme and the New Testament itself. God calls us to be pure at every level of our life, from our actions to our words, our thoughts, even our conscience, our heart and motives that underlie everything. Before we look at the Proverbs, let me make a qualification. Biblically speaking, purity is a very broad subject. It isn't just sexual. But there's a tradition of interpreting Galatians 5.19, the works of the flesh or the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. A tradition of interpreting the word impurity there as sexual sin, that's true because this trio of sins seems to be sexual, but of interpreting it as as a masturbation, auto-stimulation in particular, which is never actually stated in the Bible. What I would like us to do is understand the theme of purity in its totality. It could refer to something sexual, and in Galatians 5 it does. But in the scripture overall, purity has to do with our heart, our orientation towards God. It is seldom something sexual. Okay, having made that uh, little qualification, let's read some of the Proverbs that focus on this important theme. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but gracious words are pure. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Who can say, I've made my heart pure, I am clean from sin? Even a child makes himself known by his acts, whether his conduct is pure and upright. The way of the guilty is crooked, but the conduct of the pure is upright. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. We'll read those again. I'll give you the references, although they're in the notes with the podcast. And I'd like you to particularly notice which level of purity the proverb applies to level one actions, level two words, number level three thoughts, level four conscience, heart, motives. Proverbs fifteen twenty six: the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the gracious words are pure. Well, that's level two and level three words and thoughts. Sixteen two: all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. That's level one. That's our ways, our actions. Proverbs 20, verse 9, who can say I've made my heart pure? I am clean from my sin. Well, he refers to the heart for sure that it's level four. I am clean from my sin might refer to something higher up, but level four for sure. 2011, even a child makes himself known by his acts, whether his conduct is pure and upright. Level one, our conduct, our actions. 21.8, the way of the wicked is guilty. The way of the guilty is crooked, but the conduct of the pure is upright. Level one, and then 2211, he who loves purity of heart, level four, and whose speech is gracious, level two, will have the king as his friend. I'm just trying to illuminate some possibilities uh, so that you can think carefully and biblically about this important theme. You, you probably know Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. This focus on the heart is not something in the New Testament, while the Old Testament focuses on outward actions. Both Testaments insist on 
purity of heart, and insist on obedience to God. The inner and the outer need to match. The inside of the cup, the outside cup. No deception, but integrity, purity. The conclusion is that we can be clean. Don't believe certain Protestants who say that nothing you can do is clean. Nothing you do is righteous if you're not a Christian. And if you are a Christian, there's nothing righteous you can do to to earn God's favor. It's not quite right. God's favor throughout both Testaments is given to those who seek him, who make an effort, who reciprocate his own generous offer of life in Christ. God's grace cannot be earned. That is true. But it's not true that it's unconditional. It's associated with something else, something on our side, as in any relationship. There are two sides. Isaiah 64 has been terribly twisted in these last 500 years of the Protestant Reformation. It says this, Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins we've been a long time. Shall we be saved? We've all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment, a filthy rag. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. Great passage in Isaiah 64, but he's not speaking of those who seek God, of Christians who want to be obedient. It says they've been in their sins a long time. They've become unclean. What does that mean? Well, no one calls on God's name. They're not even asking the Lord. They're not rousing themselves to take hold of God. There's no action. There's no urgency. And their lives are characterized by sin, by disobedience without the intent to live for God. And that's what Isaiah 64 is talking about, religion without the intention of obedience. So please don't listen to those people who say, If you make an effort to be pure, then you're trying to earn your salvation. Because if we don't make an effort to be pure, we won't be saved in the end. As we ended the last podcast, Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Purity is not just something for mature Christians or an extra. It lies at the very heart of our salvation and at the very heart of our relationship with God. Actions, words, thoughts, motives, Hard for us to judge these things, easy for God. I'll never forget, I uh, I had an iPhone. I've had an iPhone for a few years now. My assistant said, you've got to get a smartphone. And I'm on my second one now because the first one got very old. But I, but I, I never forget, uh, I was in the bathroom and I leant over and I dropped my iPhone into the toilet. You know, your iPhone is your life, right? You know, it's your contacts, it's... Uh, it's your games. It's everything. You know, your email. Uh, to, to drop that in the unclean place actually made me stop for a moment and say, wow, uh, what are my motives? Not, not just here I am being clumsy again, dropping something, but who am I really living for? So the thought question, as we think of purity in action, word, thought, and heart, this is the question. What am I doing with my life? Who am I really living for, myself or 
God. Tomorrow we'll begin our study of New Testament passages on purity. For today, I leave these poignant proverbs with you for your careful consideration.